expectations. We're still figuring out the kinks here. Mo has even turned his camera on. Wow. Oh. Oh, hi. (laughs) Wow. Wow. What a. We are three weeks into using this program, and we are. I don't know if we're crawling or moving backwards, but we're probably somewhere in between of like figuring this shit out and not figuring it out. So. That was uh, welcome that, back. Actually, to... This is a user error. I'll uh, own up to that. It was in preview mode, not live mode. And so when mm. it started playing, I switched it to live and thought it would restart it. It did not restart it. It just started. It just kept playing in the middle of it. And uh, so yeah. But hey, listen. Here we are. You know, the uh, the authentic nature of the pod is what <laughs> draws the boys in. So uh, we're here. We're here, and we're doing it live. And, uh, you know, we are, what, this is season two, episode 10, uh, we're technically in week 11 of, uh, the fantasy season and, uh, things are heating up here in, in low expectations. Uh, obviously we're, we're excited to have another, another exciting show, obviously without, uh, RIP Keith, he's somewhere over the continental United States right now. I'm not sure where he's at. Currently, I could probably track his flight if I really wanted to, but we're going to assume that he's probably somewhere over, mm, he's going from Denver. We're going to say he's probably Mm-mm. in like the, I don't know, Illinois range. Nope. No. He's in, uh, he's an old CHA. What, what's the, what's the acronym? He's like 20 minutes oh, from you. Charleston. Yeah. He's right by me. Oh, yeah. Awesome. He's, yeah, he's right in CHS, right by my. Uh, yeah, he's literally like twenty minutes from from where I'm at. He must. He's so close must have yet, just so made far. It. I'm not gonna. Yeah, we're not gonna comment. We've been in negotiations with his camp for a couple weeks now. Negotiations have stalled. Um, we are hoping it's to get him back deal. on the pod next week, but um, honestly, uh, the ball's no longer in our court. So we, we've we've kind of put all our cards on the table, and uh, if he wants to return to the pod, he'll be welcome back with open arms. But at this point, we can't guarantee the fellows anything. So. We've made some pretty good offers too. I will say, yeah. strong, I mean, uh, strong, strong ass offers. I would say we are Dak Prescott, and he's Odell Beckham Jr. That's the type of that's the type wow. of recruitment we're doing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dallas we just Cowboys dropped a, we just dropped a forty bomb on an eight and one team to lure him in. And it did nothing. It did absolutely yeah. nothing. So, yeah. Dallas Cowboys made an article about how how much of a recruitment pitch we're doing. So you know. Take, take, do with it what you will. But, wow, another week, another pod. It's good to be back. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of hearing my sweet, sweet voice over the the uh, internet, uh, I am the commish. Evil Morty just goes so hard. Uh, I'm joined with my co-host and super producer doing double duty, Philly. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And we are joined with the person who puts special and special guest, Morisito. 
Scanning for Mexicans. I gotta say, all those sound bites make a lot of sense. Because one, uh, I'm hiding in Mexican right now because I'm in Ohio. I'm in a bad place. Uh, two, I was watching a lot of anime earlier today. Just had to catch up on some My Hero. Uh, I was pretty uh, gave up on it, but you know, I'm back in the grind. I was telling the guys earlier that uh, my girlfriend Coral and I are switching between. Uh, we watch an episode of The Crown for her, and then we watch an episode of anime for me to really balance things out. So. You know, Queen Elizabeth, I don't get why she's speaking Japanese at some points, but it, make, it just makes sense. This makes sense. That was like the, that was just such a fire intro. Like, <laughs> we've had such a hard time coming up with a soundbite for me, and we put together, like, just an absolute banger for Morris Curtis. I don't know what our, yeah, I don't know what our total is. This has got to be the, our, around a 20th, 25th episode, and I've never once been able to find a sound for Sam. And I, every week I ask him, have you thought of anything? <laughs> and he's not thought of anything. The best we've come up with is Evil Morty, which is good. We found three pretty quickly for Mo today. And they were all so good that I had to play them all. We were at 31 total Tonic, episodes, really. 31 total episodes. 31 episodes, crazy. and I still have a guaranteed sound for Sam week to week. But we're here. We're going to let it ride. We're going to let it ride. We're making well, it. Mo, thanks... Thanks for making time. Obviously, you're in a, in a dark place right now, being in, o, in Ohio. Um, so, thanks for thanks for being here. We have uh, some pretty good content that we're wanting to talk about. A lot has happened this week. Obviously, we're in we're in rivalry week, uh, which is a pretty exciting uh, new addition to the league this year. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Joe manipulated the schedule uh, so that we could have. Basically, rivals uh, playing have a rivalry week at uh, the last week of our fantasy season. Um, we have the matchups are myself against uh, Fred. Uh, Philly is taking on his arch nemesis, Joe. Uh, Morris Curtis is taking on Austin. Uh, Keith is going to battle with Barl. And last but not least, we have Fern is doing war with Gino. So some pretty good matchups. Um, some will probably be pretty close and others might be blowouts depending on kind of how the week goes, but we saw lots of kind of crazy things happen this week and, uh, some pretty unexpected results, but, uh, it's, uh, it's getting to that time. We have, I think there's only two teams currently who have clinched the playoffs, uh, which is, uh, pretty exciting. And there's still possibilities for, uh, for other teams to, to lock it up. Mo's on the outside looking in, but, uh, it's not impossible. So we're going to kind of talk through some of those. Uh, we we talk, chatted about it last week a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit more about what those clinching scenarios look like this week. And uh, maybe we'll dive into what Mo needs to do to will his team to victory. Call me the so, playoff warrior. Yeah. Well, you're going to, if not, you're going to have to be the, the champion of the toilet bowl, something to, to get yourself out of that. So we're going to wait and see because it, it could be a, very interesting because uh, we have I mean if your team comes live like we know it can uh, you could be pretty dangerous in the toilet bowl so we'll see but uh, let's uh, 
Filser, let's give the people what they want. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the the results from this week and hit them with a two-minute drill. <laughs> love it. Love it. I'm going to uh, pull it up. Uh, editor's note, we, <clears throat> we heard the feedback that you could not hear the uh, the song last week. We don't really know what to do. We're in a pickle here. Um, we we have it down as low as it can go. And for the fellows in the group chat, if it, if it doesn't work as today, I don't really know what else I can do. So... Um, we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna we're gonna get there together uh, as a group, but I'm just letting y'all know in advance. So, um, Sam, speak up a little bit in case it's a little bit too loud. But I, I've got it about as low as I can possibly get it. So, uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this work. And I gotta I gotta say uh, a little stopwatch. So I'm gonna hit the hit the intro and we'll we'll ride. All right, let me know when I'm ready. <clears throat> Whenever you want to go. Here we go. The Fighting Houseplants versus Chimera's Gridiron Gang. The first of two major blowouts this week sees the Houseplants dismantle Gridiron Gang to extend their win streak to two heading into rivalry week. The Houseplants saw everyone in their lineup except for their defense break double figures highlighted by big games from Pollard, Olave, and Higgins. Meanwhile, Gridiron Gang struggled to find scoring in their first outing without Cup as Kittle turns into the only good game and Gridiron Gang fall fails to break 100. The Houseplants take the Gridiron Gang to the woodshed 156-97. The Fellas and the Jets versus the Michael Carter 3. In one of the more exciting matchups of the week, the battle at the bottom two delivered some excitement. Both teams had disappointing outings, but delivered some fun moments as kickers were the highlight of the team's outings. He got all he needed from Tyler Bass and streamer quarterback Daniel Jones, while disappointing outings by the lineups for the Jets outside of McPherson and the Pats D left them without 100 points. Carter 3 takes this one, 112-98. Death Taxes and Kickers versus Magic School Bus. In our second major blow, the Who's Your Daddy Game of the Week features two of the hotter teams in the league finding themselves in a surprisingly lopsided game. DTK and newly acquired Taylor, along with Adams, Kelsey, and Watson, raced out to a blazing start and never looked back. Meanwhile, School Bus got good outings from Fields, Montgomery, and the Ravens D, but the rest of their roster disappoints, highlighted by five starters failing to break double digits. DTK blasts School Bus 161-95. Devonta's Inferno versus Bunghole Burglars. and a bit of a surprise, thrilling matchup, the Burglars gave Inferno all they could handle in this one. Amari Cooper and Debo Samuel led the way for the Burglars, who finally showed some signs of life. However, Inferno continues their blazing scoring thanks to big days from Mahomes, Henry, and Brett Maher. The Burglars find themselves haunted by the 24 points Jamal Williams turned in on the bench. Inferno get by the Burglars 134-122. Pines on my Johnson versus Kraft's personal masseuse. Perhaps the biggest letdown of the week features one of the hotter teams in low expectations and one of the reeling teams laying an absolute dud of a matchup. The Johnsons got all they needed to pull this one out as Hertz and McCaffrey turn in the only respectable outings. KPM struggles continue as all but St. Brown and Pickens failing to meet projections. The Johnsons take this one 97 to 86. And we are two seconds over. Things we hate to see. Two hundred two seventy four. Well, at least we know the range now. Though. We know the range. Yeah, we know the range. And we're, I mean, we're right there. Two two point seven four seconds is nothing to scoff at. I mean, this is not this is not shameful, you know, of an outing. But it's it's not our best. It's not our best. No, um, just a few extra words. Yeah, and I, what I will say is, I, I want to be very clear on this. Uh, having Kiefer here would not have fixed this. All right, so I don't want what I don't want to hear. Is uh, <laughs> Kiefer was there? No, 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 no. He chose this life, and we get two seconds. He, over. He that's, likes, that's just what happens. He likes to he likes to challenge us, and I, and we like a challenge. So yeah, I think this was this was a good this was a good two minute drill though. So I, I think the content there was good. 
yeah, like yeah. I said, I think we can substitute two seconds for good content. Yeah, we'll take well, it. Well, take what do you think? I mean, what do you think? Live, rea- live, live reaction to the two minute drill. What are your thoughts? I mean, I would say in the end, two seconds, that's more than anyone can ask for in some of my household. So, you know, I would say, yeah, that's a good one. That's a marathon man in, in my household. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I heard it here first, folks. We're good from, from us. Well, let's let's redeem ourselves and talk a little bit about what we're kind of looking at on the waiver wires because it's, it's going to be yeah. an interesting week, an interesting, interesting week on the waiver wires. There's some some injuries that, that could shake things up, and we've got some players uh, with um, – waivers and drops from teams that, that could really make an impact um, on this week. I have, I went ahead and wrote down four for us right off the bat, just because I think that they're probably going to be relevant for one reason or another. Um, I'll kick us off if you, if you want Philly and then yeah, go for it. you want to follow behind The first one I have down uh, is, is Traylon Burks, the rookie out of Arkansas. Um, he's, he was out. I mean, he had started off the year with a pretty decent outing, um, obviously being, kind of the guy in Tennessee um, went down week five, I guess maybe it was either week four or week five got hurt. And then uh, he hasn't played since uh, week 10. He came back week 10. And uh, it's been pretty clear that he's the, the, the receiving threat uh, for this Tennessee offense and really feeling the, filling the void that AJ Brown left uh, this past, past, past two weeks in two weeks, he's had 14 targets uh, and 10 receptions. Uh, for about a little under 140 yards, um, no touchdowns, but he's been putting together some pretty good points, uh, 18 points last week. And I think he's only going to build off that performance. And it's kind of surprising too, because he's only been on the field for 50% of the snaps, uh, pretty much combined those past two weeks. So I think this one's more of a, uh, there's a higher, higher risk in playing and picking up Traylon Burks, but he would probably be a good stash on a bench for right now. And uh, I think his production is only going to go up. Um, it's, it works nicely for, for him when they're playing a little bit from behind. Uh, but I think, like I said, I think he brings value and, uh, at least adds good depth if you're in your need, in need of a replacement for a bye week Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, he's, uh, the, the thing I just don't trust is, the, is their offense. And I'm going to say this with, with probably everybody here. Uh, there's one person, uh, on this kind of ads that I, that I think maybe is a, a slight difference, but. For the most part, we're at a point now where um, I th- I think you're kind of just playing a little bit of roulette here, and just if you if you've got an injury, if you've got an open roster spot, if you uh, I think there's one or two more teams I don't buy this week, um, you know if, if you're struggling, particularly if you're on the cusp of making the playoffs or not, um, you know that's where you, that's where you look to these guys. But the problem is is that you know they could return back to form. There's a reason that these guys are on the waivers. Um, you know, uh, Traylon Burks would be the would be the exception, and I think one more that I have down the list is Donovan Peoples Jones, who's been pretty consistent. Um, I think he got dropped in fear of the uh, snow apocalypse, and then the snow apocalypse didn't happen because uh, the NFL. I'm not gonna say anything, but I don't want Roger Goodell showing up at my house. But um, you know, the NFL uh, they got scared, um, and they don't they don't like this football weather staring them down, and, and they didn't like it. So, um, otherwise I think, you know, I, I said this last week and I, and I haven't gone through to look at what I said last week versus, um, their performance, but I would reckon, to, I would argue that I was fairly accurate in the fact that they were either hit or miss. Let's get again this week. So, um, by this time, uh, waivers have already happened. So if you're listening to this, you've already, you've already gotten your guy off of waivers and 
hopefully one of these folks is on, is one on that list. But if you see somebody that's still left, just you know, our uh, uh, our predictions here are not set in stone. So. So the next one we have is, uh, and I'll let you kind of talk about this one. Uh, I just hyphen or I abbreviated, but uh, yeah. Latavius Murray. What do you what do you think about what do you think about his production? Obviously, with the happenings in uh, in Denver this past week. Yeah, um, Melvin Gordon. Um, he's gone. <laughs> he gone. Um, you know, it seems like even though it's a by committee that um, running the ball is about the only thing effective from the Denver offense, uh, if it's effective. So again, I hate to sound like a broken record here. Um, you know, this is a, it's a risky ad, but you know, this is a play. If you, um, if you need, if you need help at running back or you need a last minute flex and you've got an injury, um, he's the clear number one, uh, in Denver. Um, he's had, I think three of the past four weeks, he's had double digit scoring, um, so, you know, he's good for 10 to 15 points each week uh, on average. And so that's, I mean, that's serviceable, particularly if you, again, if you're at the bi-week blues or or looking for a, a, a cheeky little um, hidden gem. So I think he's got boom potential more than he has bust potential, uh, which is, I think, a, a big target that you want in an ad drop. Yeah, I I would agree. I, I think, so he put, a, he was on the field for 50% of the snaps last week, and that was split in time with uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, he had 17 carries with that, and I think that's pretty respectable. And obviously a touchdown and was involved in the passing game as well. Uh, Marlon Mack is currently his backup, and I don't see him getting the ball that much. So uh, I think I think, uh, the, I think the volume will be there, especially if he's yeah. on the field for more than 50% of the snaps. So I think this is a good one. Um, Mo, I want to get your take on this one since you're in the state of Ohio currently. Uh, the one, the next one we have written down is Samaji P. Ryan, and obviously, uh, this one—I don't know—you could probably argue that maybe he's relevant, uh, even with, uh, even with, if uh, Joe Mixon can play and he's healthy. Uh, but what's your what's your kind of uh, eye in the sky from Ohio on Samaji P. Ryan? Yeah, well, I'm closer to Cleveland than Cincinnati. Uh, but no, it sounds like your audio. It sounds like your audio is kind of muffled. You might be coming through your phone instead of your headphones. Sound me better now. Yeah. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Um, sometimes my computer does that. Um, I think with P Ryan, especially with Mixon being out, I think it could be a pretty serviceable pickup. Um, I know I was like looking at the option potentially. I mean, my running back stable is pretty good right now, so I decided against that. Uh, but I think if the Bengals really like to incorporate the running back into their game and whatnot. Uh, so I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think we saw he scored pretty quickly after being put in, um, if I remember correctly. So I think with him, it's a pretty serviceable pickup. Um, I would probably take him over Latavius Murray, especially if Mixon's out. But if Mixon's in, I think that's kind of a coin flip for me, uh, just because I'm sure they're going to try to limit his carries a little bit to some extent, especially with NFL's concerns with the concussions this year um, after being put on blast for a little bit. But I would think P. Ryan, just pretty serviceable overall. I think he's very dependable if he's in the game. I don't think he's necessarily boom, but I think he'll get probably at least low double digits for you. No problem. I, yeah, I would say I would agree. I mean, if, if, if uh, Mixon's out, I think he's uh, almost a surefire uh, start this week. So we'll see what happens with Mixon and what the, the severity of his concussion is and if he's good to go or not. Do they have a... The Bengals, I think they're on a Sunday game, right? They're not on a Thursday night game. 
if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, they're on Sunday. They are uh, um, 1 p.m. on Sunday. The next one I have written down is a uh, one of Keith's favorite favorite things to talk about. Uh, Titans are a premium in a 10-man league. Uh, I have Jawan Johnson from the Saints written down, and he's been kind of a sneaky a sneaky play. Um, if if you're looking for a, a serviceable tight end right now, um, in his past five games, he's only had one game below double digits, um, and he's been putting up pretty. He's scored in three state straight games and has uh, five touchdowns in his past five games, and so um, he's getting the looks, he's getting the utilization. Uh, I think. I think they prefer him at tight end than they do uh, Taysom Hill, at least from from the current standpoint and outlook and utilization. Um, but he's on been on the field for pretty much sixty five to seventy five percent of the snaps each week, um, and the production's been there. So I, I think he could be a, a good streamer. Um, granted, the San Francisco defense is looking pretty legit. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see if he can continue that utilization and, and production on a on a weekly basis. Uh, but uh, he's showing that he's been a consistent scorer and, and could be a, a good pick down the line and uh, maybe maybe next year, who knows. But uh, yeah. just one to consider if you're needy for a tight end. Yeah, and I, the problem is that he's a bit touchdown dependent. Um, and so that, that's, you know, each, each of the games he scored double digits is because of touchdowns. So he's not getting a lot of yards uh, or a lot of catches. Um, but realistically... To get eight to ten points out of a tight end this year is um, is a blessing. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, if if you can respect, if you can get that, that's a respectable number. He's averaging eight point seven two points a game, so that's a respect, pretty respectable number. Um, and it's got him at the number eight tight end overall. So, uh, again, not a bad pickup, um, particularly if you're if you're down a couple guys. Now we've um, got I two had, wide receivers that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so. Um, Last week, in kind of a frenzy, uh, Keith dropped Brandon Cooks. There was some um, rumor chatter that uh, there was some dissension in, in Houston, and uh, maybe he wasn't going to play. Um, you know, maybe he's going to sit out. There was it was kind of unsure, and then it very quickly uh, changed course, and he was in the starting lineup and led the team in targets, uh, or maybe led the team in receptions. But um, he uh, he's he's a, a Fast, fast guy. Uh, he's a, a game-changing receiver, and so um, you know if you have a chance to roster him and you got a spot, um, I think he's worth a, a roster spot. He's got the utilization; and he's the number one guy in Houston still. Um, it's just what Houston offense is going to show up, what Davis Mills is going to show up um, each week, and that's your that's your catch twenty-two there. And then the guy I'm, I'm more excited about, um, and I expect him to um, to probably land uh, on a roster this week is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, I think Sam mentioned him last week in our in our pod um, about how he he's my been sleeper. a yeah, pretty... He was my sleeper. He was my sleeper pick. Was he your sleeper? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's been a you know a pretty uh, reliable guy. Um, he's averaging 10.19 points a game, which is an, an incredible uh, number for, uh, for consistency purposes. And, you know, he had a big game last week. So... Um, he scored 17, 15, 12, 11, 12, um, 9, 12, back to week three. So, um, you know, pretty consistent uh, overall. Um, he's only really had two weeks where he scored under nine points uh, the whole season. So, um, 
is a, is a good pickup. Good, good solid guy. Um, again, his injury bugs hit, and um, and we get a little bit thin at this point of the year. Um, always good to have a guy on the backup. We didn't really have anything written down for drops this week, but I think there's a probably a a good list. We, I mean, just looking at the the players who are trending down uh, in sleeper, uh, some of them due to injury, uh, some of them just due to kind of where they're at. We're seeing Kyle Pitts. I think he's on the IR. I don't know if he's done for the season or not, but uh, uh, it's not looking good for for him. I said uh, said a grade two MCL yeah. sprain. Um, so he, he, I think he's been, I don't know if, yeah, he did get placed on the IR. So that's a guy who's out four weeks. And, um, I think Joe is pretty set on, is he pretty set on tight ends? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I he's got, he's got mm-hmm. one backup. It's uh, Dalton Schultz, which is not a bad backup. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is this to your point though, you know, we're, we're, we're getting folks that are on that are injured. Um, or some folks that have been uh, really steady relief guys. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a guy. Um, that I don't know if he's necessarily one starter, but um, they're on bye. And then when they come off a of bye, all signs point to Deshaun Watson being the starter. So um, a guy like Kyle Pitts, he's out for four weeks at a minimum. He comes back. Has he been productive enough to roster him? Um, you know, I would argue that you probably need to start looking at some of these folks that are going to be out two or three more weeks um, as – you know, if you can get them back, if, if they come back late in the season and you can get them for a fight, your final matchup or um, or whatever, great. But um, you got to focus on winning now, particularly if you're on the bubble of the playoffs uh, or if you're in the toilet mm-hmm. bowl and you're trying to avoid the hot ones challenge. You've got to you've got to focus on on the now. Um, I don't think Hal Pitts is going to be a a keeper for next year for Joe, um, considering he's got Justin Jefferson on his team. So uh, th- to me, this is a guy that you got to let go and, and really really any of those folks that are um, that are again kind of either filling in for injured folks or, or suspended folks or um, are out injured now it's just time to cut ties find somebody to replace them on your roster and if you really need to pick them up later um, a couple other guys that I would add on there um, Clydro he's still in your roster Kamish um, yeah I think he's he's pretty much just, he's he went out injured I think at the end of the game but uh, I think his time is as the starter is, is up, at least for this season. Um, you know, a uh, Wandale Robinson is out for the year. Um, he's an easy drop. Um, but I would also say all Ravens receivers. <laughs> if, if it's not Mark Andrews or uh, Indian Drake slash Gus Edwards, I don't really see value. Um, maybe some Isaiah likely, but um, none of the Ravens receivers have really produced in a large way um, since, uh, well, really since... Um, the first part of the season. So um, I'm not trusting them. If they get some one-off flashes, that's great, but I'm um, not worth trusting put it, keeping in your lineup. Oh, I would agree. There's lots, lots to, lots to drop and it's, tis the season. I think uh, these are the guys that we're going to see that are going to be falling off the rosters. Not that anyone has Daryl Henderson uh, or, I mean, very I surprising mean, to me, by the way, that, that right. with everything that happened right. with Cam Akers, um, yeah. you know, the, the pretty quick benching, um, the, it seemed like he was on his way out to LA saying, we want you, we want you, we want you to LA releasing the, the back that surpassed him. Um, it's a, yeah. it's a super interesting turn of events there. And, uh, we've not seen the production from cam makers to, you know, to warrant putting him in a starting spot or 
I mean, I don't even know if it's worth rostering, but um, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see, I think, more into next season how that plays out. Maybe they're high on Kyron Williams. I don't know. Uh, that'd be the only thing I could think of, Kyron Williams or maybe Ronnie Rivers, but... I mean, they're seeing something that we don't, that we don't. And, you know, I, I'm willing to give Sean McVay the the benefit of the doubt because he's been to two and won one Super Bowl in the past, what, four or five seasons. But, um, but the the Rams are trash this year. Um, they've, um, they never really filled the hole that Van Jefferson, Robert Woods and OBJ left. Um, they patchworked that season together, but those were always enough threats that it left Cooper cup open or open enough. Um, and they just don't have that, that there. So that leads to an overutilization of Cooper cup. He goes down injured. Matt Stafford's throwing picks left and right. They don't have a solid running back, which was never, was never really a thing for them. Um, but it's just, it's been a, a really weird season for them. They're officially eliminated, um, from playoff contention and, uh, for how good they were last year. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy to see this early on them be eliminated. Mo, as a uh, as as Coach Mo is an avid Rams fan now, what is what is his take on the Rams now that their season is kind of in the the doghouse? Yeah, uh, I don't think he hasn't really brought it up much recently. Uh, I think him being, I would like to say, a fake Rams fan. Uh, you know, he was a just really just sad to say, but a Cowboy fan for most of his life, and then became um, a Rams fan guy. when they moved to L.A. Um, I think he's still reeling from my Padres eliminating his Dodgers. Uh, the amount of F-bombs I heard on that phone call when I called <laughs> him the next day was impressive. Uh, just let him go on a 10-minute rant just about how the Dodgers suck. But back to the Rams. I think he just he keeps blaming a little bit of Stafford at this point in the O-line. Um, I mean, in the end, the team just it looks like a shell of itself. And his whole drum up to the reason is Super Bowl hangover. But I think if it's a Super Bowl hangover, then there's this. Right. Well, it's a Super Bowl hangover, but like you know, in the past couple of years, the uh, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Bucks, um, the Chiefs are all teams that you know maybe didn't make the Super Bowl the next year, um, or maybe made it and lost it, but have all looked good. Um, and so, like I I understand the Super Bowl hangover, um, but that's really on coaching if that's the case. Like I think the good teams rise above that. And, you know, I think that's evident with the Bengals. They struggled at the beginning of the season and there was a little bit, is there a Super Bowl hangover from them? Um, but they, they figured it out. They've pieced it together and, um, they're looking like a team that could once again, make a dangerous run in the playoffs. Um, you know, if, if you have Joe Mixon go out and then Samaj P Ryan just tears up a defense, uh, against one of your bitter rivals, like that's a, that's a good showing. So I, I understand the Super Bowl hangover thing, but, um, I think it's just a cop out. I want to see Coach Mo. I, I one, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying one, anything bad. Uh, <laughs> Don't come for me. One piece on the one piece on the Broncos, not the Broncos, the the Bengals. I was reading something about them. It was like I think they've only faced like three. I want to say starting quarterbacks in their <laughs> their like past nine games or something like that. And one of them was Mitch Trubisky. One of the three was Mitch Trubisky at the time, and they lost that game. So like. Not that not to take away from anything that the the Bengals have done. I just thought it was kind of an interesting, uh, like when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I was like, I did not expect 
like, I mean, they've been good by all means, but I was like, hmm, I wonder, I think they have a tougher schedule to end out the season. So I'll be interested yeah. to see how they, how they finish as well. Like I said, not, not that, that them playing backups mean anything, but uh, just kind of an interesting thing to, to, to look at. Mo, you had one more thing to, to add, and then we're going to head into your guest section. Yeah, I wanted to add really quick. I think Coach Mo, his new team to watch has to be the Colts. I think he said his dream to be an NFL head coach or a D coordinator, showing that Jeff Saturday can make it with his credentials, uh, has him cite the opportunity that he might have a chance to make it there. Uh, he keeps saying that he could, he just knows how to call a defense, knows how to blitz, and he knows how to call cover zero. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably just a cherry on top that Michael Pittman's there too, right? Just, just a little a bit, yeah. And just, also, I mean, Caleb Williams a... definitely deserves the Heisman this year. We will see. All right, well, we'll let's see. jump into our Groovy Tony Jada Kiss Guess of the Week. I don't know if we have a... Oh. Wow. Um, so typically we do quick fire questions, um, for this, we're, we're not going to do that for this section. We're going to do more traditional interviews, uh, questions for, for this. Um, we also want to give you, uh, a little time to maybe have some words for your arrival this week. Uh, Austin, if you, if you have anything, uh, prepared or off the top of the dome that you want to, you know, just, uh, get out to the world. I know you enjoy uh, being creative like that, as you've made the video last year of you recreating a Trump speech wearing a communist Russian hat. Uh, Misinformation. So, uh, <laughs> Russian propaganda. <laughs> but uh, so let's we'll dive into some, like I said, some interview questions, and then uh, we'll typically, obviously, we have you do pickums, and we'll we'll incorporate that, and we'll let you do most of the analysis for that, um, and then Billy and I will also. Um, actually, we'll give ours as well. So, um, so really, for you, kind of this season is uh, you started off five and one. I want to say, I think that was the yeah. you started off five and Some, one some time ago, and now you're sitting at what are you? You're six and five right now. Five and six, lost five games. Five, five and six, five and six. <laughs> I won five games in a row. Lost five games in a row. How going into this last week? How do you feel, how are you feeling going into this last week? I mean, it's going to take it's going to take a lot for you to make the playoffs. You have to outscore a lot of teams, and then also, I mean, really the outscoring piece is going to be the hardest with the points for. So, if you make the playoffs, what do you think your chances are? And if you don't make the playoffs, uh, how do you think you'll fare in the the toilet bowl this year? Yeah, well, I'll say one thing uh, first. I'm pissed. I'm royally pissed <laughs> of how the season's gone so far. I was enjoying eating the tears off my opponents off really poor games, and it's come back to really, Carmel's really rearing its ugly head right now. Uh, two, as much as my odds look not that great right now, I have one blessing on my side, and that's that I'm playing uh, Austin. His team is god-awful, so <laughs> at least that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, Cooper Cup, Cooper who? Cooper in the IR. So at least that makes me feel better moving forward with my uh, team. I, I couldn't ask for a better matchup to really get myself over the edge and try to make a final push for the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, if it was anyone else, I would say I had no chance. But since it's this game in particular, I do have a chance. I also did hear a rumor down the street that uh, 
Austin uh, actually orders Uncrustables, and he returns them because they don't have a crust. So, yeah, take that as you will. The guy's just certainly not bright. Uh, how do I fare in the toilet bowl? You know, this is my third year in a row potentially playing in the toilet bowl playoffs. You could say it's resilience. You could say it's bad luck. You could say that uh, it's the this is the storylines that you all create and want. Uh, but you know, I went as a seventh place champion last year. Can't see why I can't do the same this year. So in the end, I think I could see Kiefer or Austin losing out this year in the toilet bowl. I I have props for my boy Joe. He makes good trades. Neither of us profited from that Pitts uh, trade we did at some point. We have two players who ended up uh, useless. I think both of them are. And Garrett Wilson got me three points this week instead of Jamal Williams. So there you go. Uh, so with all that, yeah, I feel like my chance is pretty good. Wow. I just... Yeah. The the news about the Uncrustables, honestly, is the, the most shocking thing to me. It's like you think you know somebody, and then you hear that. You know, it's no, never meet your heroes. Heartbreaking. Uh, also, I do want to add, Austin's uh, school where he's going for graduate school right now, lost to Indiana State in football. We only have two wins this season. <laughs> we're awful. We were losing to Montana by 50-0 to zero at the end of the second quarter. <laughs> So, so, so my question for you, us. my question for you is, it's uh, there's no way around it sounding a little bit backhanded. It's probably is a little bit backhanded, but like, I think everyone hits a point in the season where they start getting realistic about their their roster, right? Like, you have the first couple of weeks where um, you're still trying to figure out, you know, how how accurate were my picks? Like, you know, even this year there was some lock. I think we left the draft and said these guys are locks to to be. You know, top five of their position or whatever, and then the first couple of weeks they weren't there, and you know maybe it took a little bit of time for them to break out. A, Jamar Chase being a guy that like did, seemed like maybe he could be a bust, and then uh, went on a, went on a scoring rampage for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think you start probably by week four or five, start figuring out your roster. When you're on a five game winning streak, do you are you feeling at any point like that bubble bubble's about to burst? Like uh, for for a real example, I'm a Vikings fan, and I felt like we needed a loss. Like like we have been winning, we've been winning close games, but we needed we needed this Dallas loss to really kind of like get us going and to really see who we are as a team. When when you're five, when you've gone on a five game win streak, you're five and one. Um, you're feeling real good and you're shit talking to everybody. Did you ever see this bubble bursting, um, or did you feel like like your roster is pretty good? Uh, and w- was this a surprise to you that, that you've kind of had this fall from grace? I'll be honest, Philly. Uh, I appreciate you giving me the backhanded version. I want you to give me the front-handed version in the future. Uh, so <laughs> when I saw I was winning games 97 to 96, I knew I was fucked. <laughs> no way around it. I mean, you you smacked me. I, I think you beat me pretty, pretty handily. I'm going to go back and look. I, I think you're it. the only one I actually, like, Blew out like I like the only game it I was like had a, a it was like a thirty eight point thirty eight point margin of victory there. That was probably the best I did at that point. Um, yeah, so I, once I saw my team was barely getting a chance to put over a hundred, I knew I was fucked. But I knew my team was also not healthy. But I guess I projected at some point my team would get healthy. It never <laughs> happened. <laughs> and um, I am notorious for sitting on anything, uh, sitting on toilets, sitting on my team. 
you know, well, it makes a lot of sense. So Mo told us before we were started recording that he didn't, he doesn't really listen to the pod when he loses. Um, he just kind of listens to a little bit and then, and that's a go. And that makes sense because we've been telling you, we've been giving you a lot of advice in the pod. We've had, a, we've had a lot of helpful hints thrown out to the bunghole burglars that have, that have not <laughs> been listened to. And it makes sense that you weren't listening to the show, which is why you didn't hear them. We've been trying to help. So, I truly think my team at a healthy state is a pretty good team. It's a pretty good roster all around. Um, I will say Waller getting hurt, not to say I banged all my hopes on him, but that really hurt me. I was like living on waiver wire tight ends for the longest time, uh, which is pretty rough. My running back stables, like Chubb, Patterson, and Williams, are out there some of the better ones in the league as a three-man trio. But it's either one's hurt, two's hurt, bye week. Uh, so just a couple weeks to go up. My receivers do suck, though, so that, I will give it that. <laughs> I have uh, two questions to finish out my portion. I don't know if Philly has any extras after that, um, but then we can either dive right into pickups. But so, question one is: What does it mean to you now being holding the record for the lowest weekly total in the league? Yeah, I'm pretty amazed at this point. I think this just shows that I am capable of doing the bare minimum and still being better than most of you in this league. Or at least three others in this league. <laughs> For now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, three, better than three others. I mean, that just shows that you don't got to be good. You don't got to be lucky. You just got to hope that other guy sucks more than you do. So I've been able to bank on that a couple times. I'm banking on it this week. Technically, if Austin beats you and Kiefer wins his matchup as well, you could fall all the way to ninth place. Oh, so we better than one sucker. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, I think that shows. I will say if if this makes you all, uh, this makes more sense. In my other league, I'm also like five and six, and I have the lowest scoring. So maybe you're just bad at fantasy. But I will have you know, my girlfriend, who's apparently better at fantasy football than me, her whole strategy is just pick who gets more points that week than the other guy, uh, who's like seven and three, or whatever that, or seven and four, whatever that is. Maybe, maybe you take her advice. I don't know. Yeah, so Maybe. her advice seems pretty sound. So she's saying, pick the person that's going to score the most points. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's seems some... like maybe some advice you should think about following. That's some that's some kindergarten baloney shit. That's like ah, oh, Jamal Williams leads the league in rushing t- and leads the league in touchdowns for his position. Maybe I should play him. I, I or I also heard. <laughs> or draw twenty five. <laughs> I, I heard my opponent uh, Austin Anderson. As his elementary school wife to show him which number is bigger for his uh, projections each week to help him pick his roster. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, my last so. question for you. My last question for you. Um, obviously, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to think way back a little bit to the beginning of the season um, when you watched the draft order reveal video and David Akers talks about your team. Well, what, what was that like for you? I was pretty proud, like, the fact that he took some time to talk to me, like, I really he was speaking to me, not speaking to Lee, just look, speaking directly with me, and, you know, he looked into the windows of my soul through my camera, or through my a screen, whatever you want to call it, and I appreciated that. I think it was really cool hearing from David Akers, I mean, I know we had to hire a broke-ass dude who lost some money in the Ponzi scheme or something like that, so I do appreciate we are able to get someone in the NFL <laughs> to do it for us, uh, but, you know, maybe we can go for an upgrade, maybe we can get Pat McAfee in the future or something, or, um, Palamalu. So I appreciate that. Would require, that, but... that would require raising the buy-in and 
That's not even the buy-in. We paid out of pocket for that. I had people pay me five dollars. One we can, the one we can try maybe is uh, my family used to tailgate Mark Sanchez's family at USC games. Maybe we can get the butt fumble himself. That'd be cool. Oh, you know what? We should we should really just have Coach Mo do it. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, are we allowed? He'd probably as, do it for a pack of Modellos or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he likes Modellos. Yeah, I will say he does like his Modellos. He likes to, or no, his old fashions now. Old fashions with uh, tequila. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, he sent me pictures of like, look what I'm having. Like, what the fuck is that? It's a, it's a clear glass. He's like, old fashioned. <laughs> what? Pretty sure that's illegal. Who's <laughs> um, old fashioned? Huh? Yeah, old fashioned Mexico City. That's what it is. Um, I have I have two questions for you. The first question: Will we see yeah. a return of the weekly presentations? Um, I know you stopped them when um, you were losing, um, but there's no time like the present. It seems like you've got a lot of ammo to aim at your rival, uh, and I, for one, would love to see it. Yeah, uh, that is a great question, and trust me, it's not that I don't want to do them. I, I would love to. Uh, just unfortunately, I've gotten a new couple of new obligations with school and work and professional development things. Uh, so doing all the higher ed fun stuff right now. Uh, but as a result, uh, I don't have any uh, free time. My usual free times where I could just like stick around and do uh, nothing in the office for like an hour or two to make those presentations. I actually have to work now, which is like pretty unfortunate. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what Capitalist happens. But I would if anyone wants to hire, if anyone wants to hire most, so we can get we can get content back for the fellows. Just let us know. Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to. I mean, enjoy those presentations. I stopped doing it for my other league as well. So, you know, it just shows I'm doing big things. So just staying busy, but uh, fortunately not doing fun things, I would say. That's why I also have been a little less active in the chat. (laughs) We've missed you. Um, I I think the fellows are in for a treat tonight or tomorrow morning when they they listen to this. Um, Because the the Mo we know and love is, is, he's still there, baby. He just said to take a little bit of a break. Well, bye bye. Hibernating bear, it's like a hibernating bear. A little bit. But he's here. He's here. He's always waiting. My, my last question for you. I know, like, like last week, I knew I was gonna, I was gonna lose to Gino. I had to stay positive about it. I had to keep the good vibes going for the team. You are keeping the good vibes going for your team. You obviously, the end goal is to finish in seventh place. Uh, if you don't make the total, if you don't make the playoffs, and and then you know make a run for the championship if you do. Realistically, where do you think your team finishes this year? Seventh place champion, remarkably consistent. <laughs> I, I, I win. If you, if you, ha- games, if, you if I, I said you games. have to put a hundred dollars on you, wherever you finish, and it'll pay out a grand, where would you put your money at? Actually, I don't know if I can say seventh place champion. Well, can I? It just it depends on points. I guess it might be 8th place champion, but 7th or 8th, easily there. I don't see myself getting to the, level, the final round of the Toilet Bowl. Okay. I, I think okay. my team is destined to you know, shit the bed a little bit to get to the Toilet Bowl playoffs, but we are resilient enough to do this, to you know, get over the edge. I, I have not had masses coming up. I faith my team in the last five weeks, but it's a little time everyone hits prayer. It's, it's, a, it's church time. It's If you're a Christian Easter family like me, uh, you go to Christmas Easter, Christmas. Love it. 
All right. right. Let's dive into our picks for this week. Uh, Just a quick recap of our our results and where we're at in the standings for our weekly picks. Uh, I'm sitting at nine and six. Keith's at ten and five. Philly's at ten and five for lock of the week. All three of us are at two and one for the dog of the week. I am zero and three. Keith is two and one. Philly is one and two. I did not put the numbers in, uh, so let me crunch those real quick. I went with Keith for he had. Technically, George Kittle and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Kittle did really well. Uh, he was projected for 11.92, and he put up 24.0. Uh, I went with one of Philly's uh, projections or for pickups for the week. I went with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was projected for 9.91 and hit 17.10. And Philly went with Justin Fields who was projected at 20.89 and his actual was 24.62. So all, all pretty, uh, pretty good picks for this week. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers did, but I think he over projected as well. If we were thinking magic Keith uh, for that. So let's dive into the picks for this week. We're going to let Mo do a lot of the analysis. We might sprinkle in some here and there, but this is going to be the Mo show. And, uh, Keith uh, decided that he did not like the Magic 8 Balls predictions, and so he is going to, uh, he has given us his predictions for this week already, so we can include those. So without further ado, Mo, if you're ready, uh, let's talk the first matchup, uh, Fighting Houseplants and Death Taxes and Kickers. Oh. While we're waiting on him, right, yeah. I said that Keith went uh, DTK here. He has Gino uh, besting Fern. Um, Gino's been on a bit of a hot streak. He's won three straight, so I, I think that's a reasonable pick. But um, I'm really interested to see what Mo thinks here, particularly because Gino uh, Gino's currently covering one of the spots that Mo's looking to get into. Yeah, this is going to be a, a good matchup. I think Fern's going to try and get back to his his winning ways. Um, well, I think he, I mean he put up 156 points last week. Gino put up 161 points, uh, so we could be in store for a high scoring affair. They're currently projected for 138 for Gino, 132 for Fern, um, and that's with I don't know. I haven't looked at their rosters to see if they're going to make any adjustments or not. Um, yeah, it's worth noting well too that. Um... That Fern um, has locked up a playoff spot at eight and three, um, and he has locked up the second seed in the playoffs at eight and three. So the one and two Seven seed have been confirmed. They are uh, Kamish and Fern. Kamish is nine and two, and Fern is eight and three. And so, um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm eight uh, and two. Just based on points four, right. there's no way that Fern can overcome Kamish. Oh, no. Unless unless Kamish has like a. 36 point outing and Fern has like a 236 point outing. Um, I don't think there's any way that Fern can overcome Kamish. Um, even if, uh, if Kamish loses. So, um, Kamish should have the number one seed locked up and Fern should have the number two seed locked up. All right. So Mo's back. He's ready to talk to us. Any additional insight you have on, uh, on this matchup before we get into the picks? Uh, what's it called for this point for first, um, any person league between you and Fern? Uh, Gino, Gino no, this and is Fern. the matchup. Gino oh, and Fern. Sorry. That's what I cut off a little bit. Uh, so, but Gino and Fern, uh, I mean, I like Fern overall. He's been doing pretty consistent, I think, in the last head-to-head. I'm pretty sure Fern won, if I remember right. 
But I think with Fern, he had a great showing last week. I think he can continue with that this week as well. Um, I take Fern uh, at least in a, I'd say by 10 points. I think, but what I see okay. especially, though, if Allen's healthy, I can see him going having a monster game against the Lions. All right, Philly, who do you have in this matchup? Yeah, um, you know, I think Gino has put together a, a pretty solid roster um, at this point in the season. Um, he's got some surefire guys, uh, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, who are going to get him the points. The rest of his of his roster, if they're on, they are on, and he's going to throttle Fern. Um, but if there's if there's any sort of hiccup, um, he's got he's got a, a a slate of guys that have gigantic boom and gigantic bust potential. Um, so that's my my concern there. Uh, but really, the same thing for Fern. Fern's Fern's been really good. Um, wow. He doesn't really have a ton on by, but looking at his roster, they're they're all guys that are consistent. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I don't know that Tony Pollard has another game like he did against the Vikings. I don't know that T. Higgins has a monster outing if Jamar Chase comes back. I don't know that DK um, is really the guy in Seattle. So there's some question marks there as well. I'm I'm with Mo. I think it's a close battle. Um, I just have Fern edging him out just slightly based on the play of Josh Allen. I think I'm going to follow Keith's footsteps in this one, and I'm going to go with uh, Gino, DTK. Sorry, Fern. Next one we want you to talk to us about, uh, Mo, is the Michael Carter 3, Keith versus Heinz on my Johnson Barrow. So looking at the rosters right now, um, I think there's a good chance Jalen has a decent game against the Packers. Um, I'm liking some of the guys on there. I think Saquon might have a challenging game with the Cowboys just because their defense has been stellar. I know they've been more for sacks and whatnot, but I think they could do a solid job containing Saquon as well given that they were able to contain a solid running back like Dalvin Cook this past week. Um, you know, I think there's some good matchups in this one, too. I think DeAndre Hopkins would be great on paper if he had his quarterback, so I think that's going to hurt him. Um, you know, look at the two. I just see more consistent players on uh, Hunsmy Johnson, whereas Kiefer could have some big pieces go off. I don't think Daniel Jones is the type to necessarily be that make-or-break kind of guy here. I think he might give you that middle double digits, like 15 points or so, but nothing crazy. So I just don't see it. Kamar's going to have a tough matchup against the Niners. Uh, you know, Gabe Davis, that, that Bill's offense is tricky to see who's the one to get all the points that week. Uh, I know Allen does a good job spreading the ball. So I think Heinz and my Johnson wins this by seven. Yeah, I'm also going to take Barl on this one. I think uh, I think he's got the better roster of the, the two. Not that uh, Keith doesn't have the plays, but uh, it's just going to be kind of hit or miss. Um, we'll see what Keenan Allen can do, if he can stay healthy for plays. We'll see uh, if Jeff Wolfson can keep up his production. It's, it's all kind of variables. Um, his big boomer bust, I mean, I think Cole Kmet's a good example of that. Cortland Sutton, he's been consistent, but he's not going to be a game wrecker, so... Uh, I think uh, I think Carl has the the deeper roster and that one two or I guess that one two three punch of McCaffrey Barkley and Hopkins is uh, pretty scary. So I'm gonna go with Carl. Philly. 
Yeah, I don't have much more to add. Um, I, I think just the top to bottom, this roster is a little bit better. So I'm going Heinz and my Johnson and, and by a decent margin. Next matchup we have is the fellas in the Jets, Joe against Magic School Bus Philly. What do you think, Mo? So, all right. So looking at the two right now, um, I think Justin Jefferson could have a good rebound game against New England. Uh, depends on the weather right now, or I think that's a dome game. I thought I saw rain on there for a second. Uh, so I think the Vikings have a good comeback game after that initial uh, blow up this past week. So I think Jefferson can really have a good uh, game there. I think some of the players on fellows in the Jets should be in solid outings. I mean, Tua against Houston, I'll take that matchup any day. That could be a really good uh, scoring line for him. Um, so solid guys there, I think. But I think with that same sense, with Tua feeding potentially Waddle, that just helps uh, Magic School Bus. So there could be a potential somewhat of a wash there. Um, yeah, I think this one could be a very close game. I think I could see, though, with knowing Joe's luck, uh, Magic School Bus wins by 0. 0.7. <laughs> Love it. Philly, who are you betting on? Got to go me. It's rivalry week. Um, no time to be humble. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't bet on Joe during rivalry week. Um, you know, I, I do think this is going to be a, a pretty tight matchup. Um, I actually think it might turn into a blowout, but I just don't know which way it'll be. Um, you know, to Mo's point, there's some, some real scoring threats there. Um, the big thing for, for me is if I get, uh, Jamar Chase back, um, he's currently listed as out, but he's projected for 17 points. Um, if I get him back this week, that could be the, the game changer for me. Um, I didn't score 100 points last week, but I was Sands, Etienne, Waddle, Evans, and Chase. And I might potentially get them all back this week, uh, which I think really bodes well for me. Um, if the Vikings have a bounce-back game, I think that means Dalvin Cook has a bounce-back game. Uh, and then Etienne's, you know, been a monster the past four or five weeks. So I, th- I feel good about my team, um, and we're going to ride the skull bus, baby. I think this matchup is really going to come down to injuries. Um, it's going to be is... Uh, is Joe Mixon out this week? If Joe Mixon's out, um, I think that really hurts hurts Joe's chances. Um, and obviously, I think you have good depth. Um, like, uh, well, you could you could move uh, Montgomery back into your flex for Jamar Chase if he can't play. Uh, but obviously, Jamar Chase is a guy who can swing a game, you know, anyway, uh, typically in your favor. Jeez. Um, I don't know, man. I gotta have a. I gotta have to have a sleeper. I have to have a, a dog of the week, don't I? Um, um. Okay. You're picking dog. The biggest dog right now would be picking Keith over Carl, uh, or you, yeah. or or Fred over you. Uh, no, I think I'll go Joe in this one. I don't know if he. I don't know if it'll actually pan out for me. I think, like I said, I think this one could go anyway, but I'll ride with Joe. Next one we have for you to chat about, Mo, is your matchup. Camaro's Gridiron Gang versus the Bunghole Burglars. Yeah, uh, so I'll say my my lineup, fantastic. I think we have one of the best lineups in the league. When healthy and whatnot, but we're not healthy. Uh, I run into this issue a lot where I want to... Uh, 
I feel like I have to start three running backs because I don't have a good wide receiver three or flex option. So just matter of figuring out who starts in that final slot in the end. Um, but to just put it real too, I mean, Austin's team, I haven't looked at it too much. I'm not too uh, um, concerned about it. I think, uh, you know, we've been kind of experiencing similar slides right now. So I'm excited. I think I, my team has been looking a little bit more competitive this past week as well. I think we're starting to click a bit back to our old form. So I think we win this by, I'm guessing, about 25. Wow. And that's not even looking at the players. It's just confidence, you know, my ability to read things. I have a seventh grade reading level and my way to uh, just really understand uh, scenarios here. So, okay. Um, I don't think Austin's team is very good, um, especially without Cooper Cup. Um, he doesn't have a defense slated right now, so the projections are kind of skewed. Uh, Moe's currently projected for 112, Austin for 105, and that's without Austin having a defense. Um, but with that said, I think I'm going to ride with Mo, just because he's the guest. I appreciate well, you. I'm riding with you, baby. I will Don't say, hate it. I mean, he also has a guy named Melvin Gordon on his team, who last I checked is unemployed. So look at this. The bum and giving the bums a shot. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you got for this matchup, Philly? Um, I'll keep it so short. It's good. I got the bunghole burglars. Um, I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be as big of a blowout as, as he said. Um, but I just, I just think the the big play potential is a little bit stronger. Um, from 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 Mo than Austin, so I gotta go bunghole burglars there. In our last matchup of the week, Devontae's Inferno versus Kraft's Personal Masseuse. So in this matchup, I really wanted to take uh, Fred as the uh, dog of the week. I think this is a potential upset, but your team is going to get some, or the commission, your, your team is going to get some very favorable matchups. I mean, you got Mahomes against the Rams, you have Derrick Henry against the Bengals, Diggs against the Lions, Tyreeko against the Texans. I think this is a potential blow-up week for you. Um I, you know, I think you're projected 150. I mean, that's a pretty high projection to have already to begin with. So uh, if you even to disappoint projections and miss it by 20, you're still having a great scoring outing. Um, so I think that just leaves a lot of, uh, as much as I want to pick Fred to be the dog of the week, I mean, Lamar Jackson could have a potential blow game against the Jags, but the rest of his team, you know, I think they're on the wrong side of the matchups. Like a Monron safe ground against Buffalo. Um, you know, Eagles against Packers. You know, the Eagles could probably do something there. I mean, I'm sure they're going to do fine, but I don't see them necessarily blowing up in that game. Um, so with that being said, I just think with all the matchups, this might be one of your most favorable weeks in terms of the opponents you're facing on an individual basis. I like it. I'm going to bet on myself, too. Uh, I think this is one of the few weeks I'll bet on myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking myself in this one. Y'all said it. Uh, just the matchups are just too strong. Um, there's a reason your team's not in two. And um, I think this is the week he gets a 10 and 2. So. All right. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about our lock of the week. Mo, who do you think is uh, the surefire win this week? Is that a question? That's me. I think easily my rival is garbage. I think he, you know, really is trying to commit himself to doing well 
in the league, and I appreciate him. He's a good guy. You know, in the end, I, I like the guy. He's a good friend of mine. Um, but in the end, this week, you know, have him on my phone, just listed as trash. And Can you confirm that you game. actually have him listed as trash? Yeah, pull up your phone right now. No. No. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done it yet. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy day watching anime. Okay. But I think in the can't... end... Wow. Hey, it's I, just, honestly, I, the scenes are I, just so tough right now. Um, I promise high, have... deliver low. I was say, for the guy who had no time to make PowerPoints because he's so busy with other things, right. he has all the... He didn't have time to change someone's contact to trash and was watching anime. I feel like some things are not matching up. It seems more like a priorities people thing priorities. than a uh, actual time frame thing. Where you know, people got priorities. Let's go back to the let's go back to the question segment. Where does friends and low expectations and, and the low expectations league rank in your priorities? When I win, pretty dang high up that week. <laughs> when I lose, you know, just kind of look in the mirror, cry a little bit. You know, uh, Sam can attest. I used to listen to a lot of uh, Champagne Poppy in the shower <laughs> night later night. Uh, not the not the pops, not the bops. Really, the Marvin's rooms and whatnot. So, are you saying way, you haven't listened to our podcast in five weeks? Intermittently. <laughs> wow, I was, I was doing the we math. Like, this whole guest I segment. Think, well, <laughs> no, what hurt me still, and I will say, I'm going to go on air with it. The fact that my question was not picked for Mailbag Question of the Week when it was submitted within the rules and everything, and y'all cheated the system and picked a sports question. <laughs> my trust into this, what I thought was a, a podcast bill on integrity. Well, that was a fucking lie. <laughs> well, okay. Um, one, I'm going to blame the guy who's not here. So you want to talk about integrity? Um, it's his fault. So that's, <laughs> that's integrity for you. Um, and two, you know, um, we are we are a podcast and a, um, a larger fantasy football league that prides itself on creating men out of boys. And part of that is getting through adversity. So you need to take some ownership yourself and rise through the adversity of not getting your mailbag selection picked and then maybe submit it the next week. You know? I face or, adversity every day. I wake up in Terre Haute. What? The, other thing the other thing I'll say is, do you know for a fact that this moment that we have not picked that mailbag question for a future episode? No, no idea. <laughs> so... I'm not going to well, confirm whether we did lucky, or not. Today's your lucky week, pal. <laughs> oh, what was my question that week? I completely forgot what I even asked. I have give to me, go back and find give it. Give me two minutes. <laughs> Keep talking Keep about your luck. Or go yeah, through okay. keywords. Oh, but, okay, so no, my we luck, I would say yeah, my luck said... of the week, though, I feel good about that. If I had to go in a slightly more realistic view, I think Sam. I just need, I just need your actual lock of the week. Are you betting on yourself as lock of the week? Lock it in now. Do it. All right, lock locking yourself in. Locking lock yourself, yourself in. in. We'd love to hear it. Love it. Um, I'm going to go with a borrow for lock of the week. Um, going against Keith. Um, I'll get to see Keith on Thursday, which I'm pretty excited about. And I'll get to tell him in person that I think Barl's going to beat him respectfully. Um, Keith has me locked in for lock of the week, which is uh, based on projections alone. I think that's a probably a pretty good pick. Um, and then, uh, Philly, uh, you also have me written down listed for, for your lock of the week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I said it before you, you had the highest 
Um, I try to pick a team that has one of the higher percentage chances to win. I think you have the highest of anybody in the league. And again, I think there's a reason you're nine and two and, and heading four, ten and two. So let's uh, let's chat about uh, let's chat about um, our underdog of the week. Who do you have for your dog of the week, Mo? Let's see, dog of the week. Um, shoot, I mean, I think I picked everyone uh, favorite to win in this week so far. Um, you know, I think Joe has the best chance of pulling off the upset. I'd say between the two, uh, just because I projected to be a pretty close matchup. But you know, he could be a dog with no bite and loses by point five. That, that's my take. So I would say dog of the week. Joe ends up losing. So your dog of the week is Joe. Yeah. Okay. Locking it in. Um, I also have Joe as my lock of the week. Great minds think alike. Keith is banking on himself uh, for his, or not lock of the week, his underdog of the week. And Filster, who do you have as your underdog for this week? Yeah, I'm going Fern. Um, uh, he, um, DTK is slightly favored in that matchup. And so um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Fern there as the dog of the week. I know the eight and two team is, or the eight and three team is probably not a, an underdog, but I'm uh, just based on predictions. Um, going with Fern. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with kind of a risky one for this week. I'm going to go with, uh, Demarcus Robinson, uh, one of the Ravens wide receivers. Uh, so this is a pick that, uh, Philly has told me not to make, uh, cause I'm pretty sure he said, don't trust any Ravens wide receivers. And you know what we're going to do? Gosh, darn it. We are going to trust a Ravens wide receiver and we're going to lock in Demarcus Robinson, uh, to, uh, build off the performance he had last week um, and put up some points. Uh, he had, I think, 21 points last week, and he's projected for 7.61 this week. So uh, I like him like him to continue that streak. You, you, what do you have, have, you have the right to an opinion. Let's see. Looking at them right now, hmm, this was tricky because I think a lot of, like, just a lot of this week I feel like it's just Favorable matchups for a lot of different teams. Uh, but I think I could see really the one who's having, I would say, probably one of the biggest weeks would probably be Waddle, which I think he's going to have a better week than Tyreek Hill. Not to say I don't think we expect Waddle to not do well, but I expect him to have a kind of a, one of the better games of the year, potentially upwards of high 20s this week. Okay. He's projected for 17.34. I love this. I love this. Uh, the sleeper uh, for for me, <laughs> not for Joe, but for me. You want to talk about yours, really? Yeah, um, Cam Akers. Uh, he's projected for eight point two six points. Um, Stafford is either confirmed out or likely out. Um, so uh, with a backup coming in, uh, Cup is out. Their season's over. Um, you know, I don't expect him to make a, a bunch of, of splash in the passing game. And Cam Makers is the lead back now. Uh, Daryl Henderson's gone. Um, he's the guy. So I'm expecting uh, a heavy workload. And um, I don't know what the production's going to turn out to, but I think uh, just based on the on the workload alone, um, and with a backup quarterback coming in, like whenever backup comes in, I, I'm always favored to think that the tight end and the running back is going to pick up a little bit extra work or the slot receiver. Um, 
And so, uh, so some double off passes to the running back. And if that guy is on three of the downs is Cam Akers, then, then that's your guy. So um, I'm looking for him to probably double that projection and get around uh, 15, 16 points. All right, all right, all right. And Keith has Christian Watson uh, locked in to continue his hot streak. He's projected for 10.87. Um, we're not going to talk about this. Let's talk about the hot seat briefly, and then we'll jump into our mailbag. Hot seat this week, uh, we've pretty much got almost, I mean, it's almost set in stone or almost pretty much confirmed. Uh, we've got at least uh, at least three teams locked in for the, the toilet bowl for uh, for this year. We've got Joe, obviously. Um, we've got, uh, why can't I see my, my projections? Not my projections. Uh, we've got, uh, Keith locked in. We've also got Austin locked in. And then, uh, Mo is on the outside looking in. Um, and like we said, it's going to take a lot of things to go right. At least, basically, at least, uh, we'll say Gino to score basically less than a hundred points and Mo's going to have to score probably close to 200 points, uh, to really, uh, to make a, make a spot for playoff. So it's going to be a tight, tight finish to the season. Uh, but really I think it's going to be important to see what the, the, what those two first matchups look like. Um, uh, cause I think obviously that'll be really telling to, uh, who people want to play and who people don't want to play. Uh, yeah. cause the teams are coming alive at the right time. Anything else you want to add, Philly? No, I, I think you're right on. You know, um, again, we have we've got three folks that are, um, or two or two folks, I guess, that are technically locked in. Um, but I think I think Austin's locked in as well. I don't think he can. Yeah, he's he's four and seven as well. So he's so uh, it's just it's just really you know okay. that matchup between Mo and Gino and. Um, you know, I think Gino has a strong enough chance against Fern that 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 looks like it's Mo. So um, Mo's gonna have to win and win in a big way, and hope uh, Gino loses in a in a pretty big way in order to make it. And I just don't I just don't see that happening. So um, I think this is this is this is it. And you know, if we're looking you know kind of down the future, um, for me, it's uh, I would probably agree with Mo that um, that Austin could be one of the guys, but I think. Funny enough, I think the person that I would don't expect to see um, in the toilet bowl final is Joe. Um, I think any of the other three could be the rotation of the two that are that are playing each other for the the hot ones challenge. But I think Joe will find a way to squeak himself out of that um, last minute. His roster is coming alive at the right time, and I think um, he's got a good shot at at, uh, at making a run towards the seventh place champion, as Mo likes to call it. <laughs> And uh, yeah. without further ado, let's uh, let's get into our my favorite my favorite uh, soundbite of the week. Your favorite. Mail So we've reached into our archive and we've pulled out Mo's question that he submitted. Probably, well, he he stopped winning five weeks ago, so uh, it was probably week five. five Week five. So you submitted this, uh, I guess, five episodes ago, technically, um, probably six weeks because we took a week off. Um, and we have we have one from uh, we have one from Gino. I feel like we should honor Gino and uh, quickly answer his question. Um, then we're gonna uh, dive right we'll, into Mo's. 
We're going to dive right into Moe's. Yep. Let's go. So, so Gino did the fumble count. Gino, we still don't know what you're talking about, Mangai. We we have no idea. Don't know. Okay. You can keep submitting it every week. We're not going to know what it is. We're not going to magically go, oh, the fumble. (laughs) I got it now. You think it's you think it's the tuck rule? We think it's the tuck rule. Maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe he's reaching back in his pocket. Uh, maybe the shine has worn off, and he doesn't love Tom Brady as much anymore. And now he's questioning. I mean, I don't know. Such a vague question could mean one of like the eight or sixteen Melvin Gordon lots like in the past like, five days. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was it was was uh, there a, was there a fumble in the Jets uh, Patriots game? That I mean, the Patriots won, so I don't know why you're complaining. But uh, you know, we don't know. So that's that's number one. Number two, who should be my keeper? Um, I have not looked at your roster. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah, Travis Kelsey. Justin Tucker. Nah. Well, okay. Don't tempt him with a good time. <laughs> Do not tempt the man with a good time. Um, if yeah, I think it's got to be Travis Kelsey. You could you could make an argument for Jonathan Taylor. Um, or Devon. I mean, you could do Devonte Adams as well, but I yeah, think Kelsey's the easy the easy pick. Uh, just just Kelsey's dominance at his position um, makes him the guy there. The only thing that would change that is I'm going to knock on wood for you. The only thing that changes me is like if there's a late season injury and he's going to miss some time to start the next season. Uh, would be the only way that I would think you you'd maybe change it up. I mean, Devontae Adams has, has blossomed back into the you know top five receiver he's been for the past couple of years in the league, and Jonathan Taylor is back to looking like himself again. Um, so you're gonna ha- you're definitely gonna have a decision in your hands, but thankfully you have a long ass time to figure that out. So, um, and then if you can go back in time, what would be the one memory you would relive and why? Uh, I'll make it related to Gino. Uh, I think I'd go back and relive the Crispy Boy Convention from I don't even know what year it was 2020 maybe 2019. Uh, maybe it must have been I don't think it, might, it must have been 2019, but we had a great weekend in, in Eugene and uh, it was me Keith. Uh, one of our friends, Austin, both two friends, Austin, and then uh, Gino, obviously. It was a great weekend. Love it. Try to keep it brief. Okay, for me, I think it would be uh, re-going to the 2003 National Championship when USC beat Michigan Rose Bowl to split it with LSU that year. That, that was a good time. That was one of my first major football games I remember. That's awesome. Um, I would have to say... I'm going to keep it just kind of generally sports related uh, to my answer uh, slash fellows related. Um, uh, probably a, a, a mixture of um, the 2019 Peach Bowl where LSU just smacked the absolute dog shit out of Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> watching sad Oklahoma fans leave at the end of the half was amazing. And then um, we did a... Um, a trip to Atlanta um, a couple of years back that was Gino related uh, that, that Gino was a part of. And there was some, and a lot of the fellows were there and there was uh, some things, some, some things happened and um, it was a great time. And uh, it was uh, for my, it was like my first time getting to really see a lot of folks. And so um, that was, a, that was a good time. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, well, open up the, the mailbag archive and pull out Mo's question. Mo, do you want to read your question? Yeah, super excited. You know, this really makes us, you know, makes us a guest uh, pick of the week really exciting. All right, so uh, my question was: pick the three presidents that you would do the following: drink beers or cocktails with, 
hang out the whole day with, and smoke a cigar or a legal substance if your state allows. Um, so my reasoning for picking this question was this was my question I would ask for uh, during rush hmm. to people who are interested. And it would give me a general take of what kind of their vibe. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys want me to answer first? Sure. All right. If you already have them mapped out, yeah. Yeah, so drink beers with, I'd say for this one, it probably have to be uh, either Abraham Lincoln or JFK. I think I would like to just slam some down with him, just hang out the whole day, just get to know them. I think I get to know people pretty well when I'm intoxicated. And I think I'm a great storyteller and listener when I'm drunk as well. So I think that would make me really put me in engaged conversation to hang out with them, want to like learn from them. I think I would be really excited to have that opportunity with them. Hang out the whole day with, if I'm in a hiking mode, I would say like Teddy Roosevelt being a big outdoor person. I think that was really exciting to hear all the things he would do in the national parks and whatnot. Uh, but also, Andrew Jackson seems kind of batshit insane. So, like, that have been, like, pretty cool to, like, see what he was doing all day. Uh, especially just, like, a weird time. Like, you know, he probably, I was probably not someone he would probably get too close with or like. So, it would be interesting to see what he would like me in uh, that moment. <laughs> uh, and smoke a cigar or legal substance if your state allows. Uh, if I was in a state like California, Colorado, for me, it has to be either Barrio or, uh, or uh, George W., I think both of them would be really interesting uh, to hang out with. I think George W. would be really good. I think I've always been fascinated with that from Held and Kumar. Uh, I forgot it was the first or second one that they ran into him uh, with doing that. But I think both of those guys would just be an interesting conversation to have with that. Uh, and also, I think I would learn some, like, I think maybe the time to tell me some stuff that, you know, the White House would tell me. So those are my three picks. Okay. I can go next, Philly, if you want. You go for it. Um, I think I would do drink cocktail beers with probably Obama. Um, he just seems like a, an interesting guy. And, uh, I mean, obviously he's probably recency biased, but, um, he just seems like a, like a, I mean, he's just, at least from life experience, I mean, he's very different than any other president we've, we've had. Um, and, uh, I think he'd just be a really interesting guy to, to drink beers with and, uh, hang out, drink some cocktails, uh, hang out the whole day. Um, the one I've been super interested in recently is Jimmy Carter. Um, at least, at least from what I've seen recently, I mean, he does, I mean, he was like, I mean, he's in his mid nineties now, but like he fell down his stairs and I was like all sorts of banged up and was doing habitat for humanity the next day. And I think he would just be like a super interesting guy to, you know, kind of get to know and, um, just pick his brain and, you know, do some volunteering with, and then smoke a cigar. Uh, I'd probably go JFK. Um, he's one that obviously not during our, our life at all, but I think he would be one that'd be super interesting to just to, to see what could have been. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, uh, so I'll go first, uh, hang out all day. Um, I would probably go JFK. Just he was just so well connected that I feel like you could like I mean obviously he's the president right but like he just he was so connected with so many different groups and um, I just feel like he would be a guy like you could start the morning off like playing golf at like you could probably get into like Augusta National with him right and then you could go hit up like brunch with some famous people and then like probably get like a boat tour uh, you know on his yacht 
and then go get drinks with him afterward. Like, I just think he'd be like a, like a fun, like you could do a bunch of random stuff with him all day and he'd have kind of access to it. Um, uh, smoke a cigar or whatever with it'd be Obama, Obama, you know, he's a smoker. Um, but I feel like, a, you know, if you're smoking a cigar or something like that, you're, you're kind of sitting back, you're relaxing, uh, and you're kind of just having some like philosophical discussions. Um, and, and I think that Obama was one of, if not the smartest president that we've ever had. Um, he, we've had a lot of presidents that went to Harvard, but if you've ever read anything that he's ever written, whether it's a Facebook post or his books, like he's just incredibly well-spoken and, and, um, really is one, it has like a really uh, broad depth of thought, but two, um, is, is I think also willing to hear the other side of arguments and it would be a good person to like have some, some lively debate with. So uh, that would be that. And then partier, very unlikely. Um, but this man reportedly did not get hangovers. And once scolded a, um, I think it was like a, like a, like a guy that owned a liquor store, like, like gave him shit because he ordered two small bottles of champagne. My man, James Buchanan, an absolute piss missile of a drinker. Um, you're going to get tanked with anybody. That's the guy. And that guy doesn't get hangovers. He just would drink all day long. Like just whatever you want to do. He would like go to church on Sunday and then he would leave church and just go straight to the, to the bar. And like, I think it was like a distillery or something. And he would just go straight there and just fucking drink all afternoon. An absolute unit of a drinker. Um, that's the guy. What's to say he wasn't pre-gaming with some church wine beforehand? He, he, he probably was. <laughs> My guy was, a, again, an absolute unit. So that's it. Well, thanks for, in, uh, thanks for indulging us, Mo. Um, hopefully this, uh, was, uh, worthy of, worthy of the question and maybe someday we'll find out what Gino is talking about in terms of fumbling. No, we didn't even play the mailbag soundbite. We did. Oh man, I am losing it. <laughs> it is one of those, it's getting that point in the night, Philly, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. About the same but point every night. That, yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, this concludes uh, Friends and Low Expectations Season 2, Episode 10. Uh, Next week will be an electric episode because the playoffs will be locked up and we'll have some great content to talk about as we kind of project the playoffs. And uh, we have at least, I don't, I think that we said one and two seeds are confirmed. Um, So we'll we'll be obviously two teams down for for talking about projections, but... um, I'm excited to, to get into the playoffs and obviously since I will not be in the toilet bowl, which is a, a, a great, a great position to be in considering uh, where I was this time last year. So love that for you. Feel pretty good. Feel pretty good going into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if I win this year, it, it matters that I didn't lose. And I think that's the, the most important piece of this. So uh, any, 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 uh, any last thoughts though, before we, before we wrap up here. He's a bitch. I'm gonna beat him. <laughs> Heard it here first, folks. Well, thanks again well, thanks for making for time, me. Mo. Yeah, we, we appreciate you having being on. I know you had a busy day of anime and being in Ohio, so there's changing your obviously worse not than changing there. your uh, his name to trash on your phone. So really busy. Yeah, day. you know, busy day. Good Very thing busy. you've got all, all all break. So uh, remember, folks, we'll see you next week, and keep your standards low and your expectations lower.
I'm dead fresh, I might pull up in a casket You be looking sweet like a fucking fruit basket Spit a couple raps, I get a check of Johnny Cash it, I smash it, I let your mama rub my sunglasses Nobody gonna fuck on me like I do You can be killing it, motherfuckers always talk about damn it, I'm high Yo, I want to stunt. I make your salary thrice in a month. I pay your daddy to roll up my bus and he blow your allowance to pay for my lunch. Screen.